You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. All right. All right. So that did play. I'm glad you guys were able to kind of catch that the full intro. And, uh, you know, coming off the last episode, uh, the last episode, I had a really in-depth interview uh, with one of my favorite projects, probably my favorite project. Let's not say one of I think my favorite project of 2021, which is the expansion punks. And it's really a focus on. Um, diversity and inclusion. Uh, you guys that listened to the episode, you heard, you know, the attention to detail, the appreciation for community and giving back, uh, you know, all of the proceeds from secondary sales are going into a community uh, DAO, which will be used to kind of grow and expand um, the actual, um, you know, the actual community wallet and kind of allow for things to not only for them to you know, raise money, but to, you know, make, you know, take a tackle some good causes. And, you know, on this episode, I'm, I'm going to jump into a little bit about, you know, a project that really has caught my attention and it's caught the attention of a lot of people. It's actually uh, one of the fastest growing projects of the year and it launched and didn't sell out on uh, Christmas Eve. Uh, and it actually took a couple of days. Um, and I can tell you, I was turned on to the project by uh, uh, someone that you guys know, we'll kind of share that whole story. Uh, and it is really a testament to, I think, when I look at what where we are as like a community, as a society, what NFTs can do to, you know, really allow us to not feel alone, for us to spread, you know, positive messages. But before I get into that, I'm going to try to stick to this segment idea. And so um, I've mentioned that, you know, with this podcast, I'm adapting, you know, we're buying an NFT uh, every single day, of course, for um, an entire year. So we, um, yesterday, we jumped in and, uh, you know, I'd like to kind of tap into some of the ones we recently, uh, we tapped into uh, yesterday's, which would be the 47th uh, one that we purchased, uh, was a, a project called the, um, the Time Variant uh, NFT project, which I thought was really interesting. Um, it actually sold out in like in less than like five minutes on Solana but it also had uh, the collection on Ethereum and it has not sold out as of today on Ethereum and it's the first time I've actually seen that kind of flip right where um, and I will say the, the the price point was a little bit less on the Solana side um, but I think that's actually a very interesting trend when we think about the different blockchains that are available for NFTs and you know we've bought now uh, nine different blockchains that we've bought NFTs for um, supporting this project. Uh, I have my eye on uh, one project this week and one project next week that are actually on uh, blockchains that we haven't actually um, purchased on yet. And you guys know, um, or maybe you don't know, uh, numbers are kind of my thing, right? We launched on 11 11 21. Uh, we launched our NFTs to support our podcast on 12 12 21. Um, we have a big announcement coming on January 11th, 2022. Uh, and so the idea of having 11 blockchains um, by the end of the uh, by the end of the year, uh, I think is just kind of a, a cool piece, you know. And then the day before, we actually um, we minted a project called the Non Fungible People. It's actually from an artist that I'm very familiar with. It's D- 
Daz 3D. Um, anyone's familiar with, he has some really um, interesting, realistic um, 3D art. And part of his 3D art was, was some of the renderings that um, a long time ago, before um, Facebook rolled out Meta, were actually used in the promo for um, both Apple and Facebook when they were um, kind of uh, putting out 3D images and 3D graphics. So uh, the project is called Non-Fungible People. It's a little bit more of an expensive mint. Um, it was 0.2 uh, ETH that we minted on the 27th of December. But I just wanted to highlight those two projects, just two um, very neat um, and dynamic projects. I will also say um, the beauty of both of those projects is that they are really focused on um, not you know, kind of pulling into uh, stereotypes around gender and race. Uh, and so they've, they've really, like the, the art itself um, is telling a story. And so the reason I, I kind of highlighted those two projects, not only because we just did them recently, but because it kind of leads into the discussion today. And the project that I'm going to discuss, and I will tell you, I've, <laughs> it's kind of funny. The project that was yesterday, the Expansion Punks project yesterday, that we I mentioned is my favorite project of the year. When I saw that, it was an expansion project or a derivative project. And for those that aren't familiar with that terminology, it just means that they're expanding or having a derivative of a project that's already successful. And most commonly, it's been Bored Apes or CryptoPunks. So there, I feel like there's like 4,127 Bored Ape um, you know, derivative projects. So it's like the Sleepy Apes, the Baby Apes, the Kid Apes, the Unhappy Grandpa Apes, the Entrepreneur Apes, like every single thing you can imagine. And then there's a lot of um, punk projects that are, you have the Funks, which is like a, a kind of play on, uh, on the punks. And there's a lot of those type of projects. And for me, for, for most of the part, I think it's just lazy innovation. Um, I think a lot, uh, and, you know, and, and some projects, they, they're building on kind of the community or maybe they're, the community members are trying to you know, um, kind of spin off a, a kind of subsidiary of that initial um, initiative. But I, I've not been a really big fan of, this, uh, of these type of projects. And funny enough, this you know, Expansion Punks project was one that kind of got on my radar. And then the other thing that I've been staying away from, and I mean staying away from, are projects that are, um, that are celebrity-driven. I, we have seen, it's, it's kind of neat in this NFT space, most brand projects and most celebrity-driven projects suck. They are either all, you know, all excitement right when they launch and then they die out immediately, or there's lots of things that, that, that like they have planned and going on, but they kind of execute it without understanding kind of the nuances of NFTs or, and nuances of, of this space. And I will tell you, you know, it might seem weird because you would you would assume people with massive followings or massive audiences would be able to sell out projects without much work. Um, and, you know, I mentioned this, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, um, we minted uh, Shaquille O'Neal's project. He has a project where he's donating um, 100% of the uh, of of all of the revenue to um, his foundation, which is focused on um, helping to supply, you know, youth um, in multiple different cities here in the United States with the, the supplies they need to succeed in school. And so on the 22nd of December, we minted Shaq's project. And it's funny enough, like Shaquille O'Neal has millions of followers um, on all social channels. You know, that project did not actually sell out until five days later when he did a, uh, a Twitter space with Gary Vaynerchuk. And during that space, the project went, I think, from about 4,000 um, sold NFTs to about 10,000 sold NFTs. And so the, the interesting thing about this is that just because someone has massive audience or massive you know, influence or, or you know, 
portrayed influence or celebrity claim doesn't really guarantee that a project is going to sell out, but it also doesn't guarantee that the project is going to be any good. And so I will tell you when I, um, you know, when I was sent the link for the project that we're going to kind of discuss a little bit today, which is called the Inbetweeners, um, I was like, oh, sweet. Like this art looks really cool. And I like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of like things that are like, you know, I'll just put it out there. I'm a big fan of things that are lovable. I like like lovable, fun, positive characters. Like, you know, I, I'm not a huge like. Uh, you know, one, you know, I, I think there's enough, I think there's enough like dark and, you know, things that are going on in our world as far as, you know, that I just, I just always kind of play into like, you know, heartfelt things. And anyone that knows me knows that's kind of the, the way I kind of roll. And then I noticed that it was a project that, you know, the, the uh, artist had worked with Snoop Dogg um, in doing his merchandise line as well as Justin Bieber. And then I saw the project said featuring Justin Bieber. And I remember I clicked off the website and I was like, meh. And I replied back to Drew. Drew's you know, a partner of mine on this project and, and the podcast. And I was like, Drew, uh, not for me, man. It's, it's, a, it's an expensive mint, and I'm kind of done with these celebrity projects. Now, I will tell you, I'm going to give you a little caveat here, a little bit of inside information for you guys. Uh, I'm a big Justin Bieber fan, like big Justin Bieber fan. I, you know, uh, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm a, you know, I, I think she is the greatest personal brand um, artist right now there is. If I think as someone that has grown a community is um, is amazing. So I'm definitely a Swifty. Um, and you know, Sean, who's in the audience here, just posted in our, in our Discord. I I definitely am Bieber fever. Uh, I like for me, I'm a big you know believer in like trying to understand people at the core and asking like myself, like how would I handle, you know, scenarios and situations that exist um, that people are put through. And I think it's easy for us to always judge, you know, like how celebrities act or what they do or who we think they are, but it's a whole different game if we put ourselves in those people's shoes and actually try to ask ourselves, like what would we do if every single person was every time we left the house, there was someone with a camera in our face and, and every single minute of every single day, you know, the outfits that we wore were, um, you know, critiqued and, and the things that we were going on. And, and, and so anyhow, the, the I think Bieber not only grew as a, like a person, I, I was a big Usher fan. Uh, yes, a, a believer. Uh, and, you know, I love, you know, kind of like the backstory. I spent um, a good amount of time um, like, you know, watching documentaries. I also like his music. Like, I have no shame in my game. I am a, I am what you might call like a music, um, I don't even know a better word for it. I'm a, I'm a music whore. Uh, let's just, let's put it out there. Uh, there's really no genre of music I don't like. I have zero musical talent. So therefore I have a, a, a massive appreciation. Like my playlist goes from Darius Rucker to Dave Matthews Band to Metallica to Wu-Tang Clan to Justin Bieber, to Taylor Swift, to OAR, to Dispatch, to finishing it up with, like, let's just say, Tim McGraw. Like, that's literally my, like, my playlist, if you were listening to my playlist on, on Spotify. And so I'm a big music fan. But I will tell you, like, my, like, I was so, I've been so turned off by these celebrity-driven projects that I just I kind of like shunned, my, you know, shunned away from it. And then I, um, I saw, you know, in the feed, some of the art and I was like, you know what? I really like that art. I think they did a really good job with this art. It just has like a feel good feeling. And I went back and checked the project out and it hadn't sold out. Um, when I went back to check it out and I was doing my research and you know, for those that aren't familiar, like I'm spending about four, 
I'd say four hours doing research for any of the projects that we're investing in right now. You know, my portfolio personally has a little over uh, 250 NFTs that are in you know, my portfolio. Um, and early on, I didn't spend nearly that amount of time. Now I work really hard to understand um, the founders. I understand um, the origin. I want to understand the, the different nuances that exist kind of um, across you know, the project. I want to understand what's that roadmap look like? How can I trust that they're going to do that? Um, you know, what is their Discord vibe and energy like? Is everybody just talking about floor price and flipping and, and people are, you know, or is it people coming together? because they care and they're you know they want to be a part of something and so with all of that being said with that being in mind um you know i started to deep dive into this project called the in-betweeners and i will say like the you know the message on the in-betweeners website and i think you know it's it's one that you know i i just think it's worth reading um verbatim because i it kind of sets the stage and 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 i'll get to you know for those that are listening here like part of this is like when we're thinking about, you know, from a collector or an investor perspective, right? If you're buying an NFT because you hope that it goes up in value, one of the things we have to ask ourselves is how committed are people that are going to buy it going to be to share it and talk about it, right? It's one thing for a project to look cool and people will put it as their profile photo. It's another thing that people are so proud to be a part of it and they're excited for who else is a part of it that they could actually, you know, talk about it everywhere and anywhere, right? And like put it out to the world. And so the in-betweeners um, is, you know, and I mentioned the, the artist, this was another thing that I, I, I saw as a win, the artist isn't just some random artist or it's not Justin Bieber doing the art. It's actually the person that has designed not only Snoop Dogg's merch, but Justin Bieber's merch as well as the Drew House line, which is the line that um, that uh, Justin rolled out um, a while ago. And, and Justin Bieber's middle name is Drew. Um, so that's part of that Drew House line that exists um, out there. And I know, you know, Drew, who is the partner with me on the podcast, uh, he got a bunch of that uh, of that merchandise for his uh, for Christmas, which I feel like, you know, it's almost if you're if your last name is or if your first name is Drew or you're an Andrew, I mean, you almost have to get that that merchandise. But um, so it's the actual artist who designed, you know, those those pieces. And these are hand drawn characters. Um, and I will tell you, here's the here's the the message on their about page, which really, I think, you know, kind of sets that stage is that in betweeners spread positivity in real life and in the metaverse. We uplift and encourage our community to be wholesome and healthy. Our mission is simple. Make the world a loving place. We are a global crowdsourced community focused on spreading love and positivity, a place where you'll find thousands of shoulders to lean on as our identity rises up into the cloud. Inbetweeners keep us grounded. Now, I will tell you, like part of it, you know, might feel like, wow, that's really fluffy, Brian. Like that sounds like um, a little bit, you know, like, like everyone's like saying like we want you know, rainbows and unicorns and cupcakes and, and world peace and we're going to sing Kumbaya. But if, we, if you kind of understand, you know, a lot of the messaging and mission around um, what Justin Bieber has been putting out over the last couple of years, a lot of it is about this idea of bringing people together and reuniting. And um, I, I really enjoyed the documentary, if anyone hasn't seen the documentary, of Justin's um, New Year's concert on the roof during um, covid and his um, commitment um, to actually, you know, like making sure everyone was safe and wearing masks and things was just something that was inspiring. And I will tell you, I have the back chat up here for this live, uh, this live recording. And you guys are doing a pretty good job trying to uh, make me laugh during the podcast. Uh, and I will not be singing Kumbaya. Uh, there will be no singing, right? I, I mentioned earlier, I have no, no musical talent. 
But okay, so now I, I, I set that stage. But here's the thing that you probably are asking yourself, Brian, why does any of this matter? Like, like they can make these claims, they can make it all about these things. But here's why it matters. When we think about the idea of, of like our emotional connection to art or our emotional connection to our, our photos and the things that we're sharing as far as our digital footprint, there, you know, we're living right now in a space where not only do we want to find our people, but we also want to, we want to, you know, really find ways, you know, to lift people up. And I think as a community, as a society right now, one of the things that we kind of got forced in the last two years to learn or to appreciate was that I think for many of us, we were, we were prioritizing things in our lives that weren't the things that made us happy. They were just the things that became priorities because life was going so fast. And as we've kind of paused, I think part of our question that many of us have to ask ourselves is like, how do we realign, reimagine, shift our narrative to where we can, you know, and I'm not saying that everyone is about, you know, um, you know positivity and love and giving back. I'm not saying that's the, the piece here, but I'm actually thinking about it more from the standpoint of, you know, for people when they're talking about their NFTs or they're, they're putting it out to the world, you know, that defined value. Remember, like, this is the question that we get asked a lot on the podcast. It's the number one episode of this entire podcast for the first 48 episodes um, is the episode that's titled, What is the Long-Term Value of NFTs? Um, that episode was in the first 10 episodes or so. I can't remember what number. Um, it By far, it's the, I mean, it almost has doubled um, the amount of listens that um, like number two and number three have had, right? So I, I know that that's a big concern or question. And so when we think about it, part of what, you know, what NFTs are, and this is how I always like to make sure we set the stage, NFTs, the art of the NFT is really just the calling card and our way of broadcasting. Hey, this is the community I'm a part of. And this community is represents the values that I believe in. Let me say that again. The the NFT art, the art the, is the because the art itself can be part of the uh, of the actual NFT that like, can be really the only part of the NFT if it needs to be. But for most of these projects, it's really that like calling card. It's it's you know I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, as everyone knows. Um, when I see a Pittsburgh Steelers fan in the airport, I immediately yell like, "Here we go, Steelers!" And I, you know we'll give a fist bump. And part of it is because. Not only is there that fandom, but it's like, hey, oh, you're a Steeler fan. We're connected, right? We have that like we have that shared um, alignment. And in most of our digital world, if we think about it, how do we put out to the world what our values are online, and how do we put on out into the world and say, hey, this is what I believe in, and these are the communities I'm a part of. You know, like maybe we put into our bio like the groups that we're a member of. Maybe we tweet out or post on Instagram once or twice that we're a member of this mastermind community. But as a whole, we don't do a very good job of putting our values out to the world for the world um, to be aware of kind of like how all of this works and, and you know, the nuances that kind of come into play um, when it comes to, you know, the things that we care about. And I will tell you, there's a book that I've been recommending for the last, I don't know, six months or so. And I will tell you, it's, it's a book that I think everyone should read. And I'm not a, a big book reading person, um, and you won't hear me promote a ton of books here, but the book is actually called Black Sheep. And the, it's written by a, a close friend of mine, uh, Brent Mez, Menzoir. Um, and what it's called, the Black Sheep uh, Values, and the book is really, it's not only about finding your values and defining your values, but the part that made me emotional while I was reading it, and the part that I really hit home for me, was this idea of how are we putting our values out to the world so that people treat us the way that we want to be treated based on our values. Like, it's very easy for us to say, 
wow, that, that person's a jerk. They don't, even, they don't even know who I am. They're not treating me the way that I want to be treated. But what we have to ask ourselves is like, how the hell were they supposed to know what you care about? What are the things that you're a North Star? I mean, I'm pretty loud and pretty boisterous that I am um, a proud girl dad and it's the greatest job that I have in the world. And, you know, my values start uh, without question on, you know, doing everything in my, in my power to be the best dad um, that I can be. And I am far from a perfect dad. And I, and I you know, I continuing to um, get better on, you know, as, as, as much as I can. And, and so I think of that when we think about this digital world and we think about, you know, putting our values out there, it's an interesting concept that a cartoon photo could ultimately be a better representation of our values to the world than a selfie of us or that like professional photo that we have that we took for our LinkedIn, you know, uh, profile. Because if we, if we think about this from like, you know, the bigger picture of us moving into a metaverse world, a more digital world, we already are in our phones, you know, 24 seven to begin with. But we, we, as we kind of expand into this more digital, you know, uh, metaverse world, one of the things that we are going to learn is that part of the beauty of this is that we can put our whole selves and represent our whole selves in ways that Web 2.0 never really allowed us to do so. And so this project, Inbetweeners, has been a very interesting uh, project because, as I mentioned, it did not sell out. Um, and it didn't sell out, and they had planned to uh, reveal the art um, on, a, on, a, on a certain day, which was like, you know, I think 48 hours after it actually was launched because they probably anticipated them selling it out. They got Justin Bieber's name on there, Snoop Dogg. It was the day before Christmas. Um, they, I'm guessing, I'm assuming that they you know, planned on it for selling out. Now, I will tell you, um, it did not. And they ran into an issue because what had happened was the day had come for them to you know, reveal the art, but they still had, you know, 2,200 or, or 3,200 um, NFTs that needed to be sold. And so what they actually decided to do was they decided to pause the mint and reveal the art. Now, I will tell you, I'm, I'm going to do a whole episode kind of on, on like the idea of pausing your mint. Um, and what that means is like rather than people buying it like a baseball, a pack of baseball cards, right? For those that I know, I, I sometimes forget this, to clarify this, right? Like when you're minting an NFT, you're not picking the art that you want. You're saying, give me the randomly selected art. And hopefully it's one that you love or hopefully it's one that's very rare. Like that's how this minting process works. It's why it gives me the dopamine hit that I can't get enough of because I love minting an NFT more so than going on to OpenSea and finding the art that I love. I just love that like excitement, that randomization, the idea of like, I'm going to click the button, I'm going to pay this amount of money, it's going to randomly generate me um, a piece of art. And so they paused the, the, the mint and they rolled out um, the art. And of course, the art is, uh, it's pretty amazing. I think it's, they just did a really good job of making it, you know, cartoon, but also fun. And each one of the characteristics um, are very unique and different. And so it started to kind of, I would say, get a little bit of a groundswell um, once the art was started to release. And so I will tell you on Christmas Day, the, the floor price, which I don't, I hate describing it as a floor price, but this will kind of just explain what, I, what I'm sharing. But the floor price was like 0.43 ETH um, on Christmas Day. And then if we like fast forward 24 hours later, it had doubled. And then if we fast forward 24 hours later, it had two and a half times where on December 27th, the, uh, the, each, the floor price, which is the lowest for sale NFT on OpenSea, was 1.3 ETH with over 1,000 ETH worth of volume of trading 
over 766 sales in one day of this NFT project. And part of that narrative was, yes, they, they did a town hall, Justin Bieber, um, they kind of explained Justin Bieber's role in it. They also explained some of the other artists that he planned on getting involved in the project. But there also started to become like this like attachment to certain properties of the NFTs. And like one of them happens to be like a hockey mask, which I really uh, love, but I don't have one of the ones that have a hockey mask. And so I'm saying all this because what had what what became of this project was that people were now really excited and sharing out to the public this project that they loved the art and the message was love and positivity. And not only were they sharing it out, but all of a sudden it started to pop up on profile photos of lots of uh, very you know popular people like Tom Holland, um, and then it started to be you know some of uh, I just say Justin Bieber's inner circle started you know posting it on their Instagram account, and so like at the moment while we're you know kind of recording um, this episode of the podcast, the you know the the actual NFTs for this project and the in betweeners um, is the floor price is at two ETH, which is very you know it's a ve- it's a very quick rise to a two ETH floor. And part of that, you know, the piece that I've been like really looking at and studying and, you know, as I mentioned before, you know, I was not impressed, not excited about this project. Um, Drew turned me on to it. I bought one. Um, and then what I had done is on, I went to bed on Christmas night after I had purchased it and I actually posted it for two and a half X what I bought the, the, the NFT for. And when I woke up in the morning, it was sold. And I was like, what, how did that sell? But what had happened was overnight, the floor price had risen so high that this very rare one that I ended up buying on the aftermarket um, was not very high priced above the floor and someone bought it. And so I immediately was like, okay, now this is, this is a good sign. Um, and so I took those profits and I bought an even more rare one. And I put that one up for sale for three times what the price of the, that I bought it for. And within four, maybe five hours, that one sold. And I was like, ooh, like not only are people buying them, but they're also buying like the more rare ones at a price above the floor. So what I did at this point was, okay, now I need to assess what is my plan? Like what is my, and I decided, you know what? I need to get two of them. Um, and I want to just kind of hold on to two of them for this ride. And so I took the profits from those, the, the, the last one I sold and I, and I went, I went in and got the most rare one that I could find um, that I like liked in the, in the art perspective. And then I decided I'm going to get one that just like represents me. And I will tell you, I made that comment on the last podcast that if, if you're getting into NFTs for the first time, I highly just recommend finding a project or art that just like, rep, you know, it makes you feel good, represents either who you are, you, it's just something about it that you really like. And, and for me, when I found this one that I found, it was at a much higher price than I wanted to spend. I will tell you that. Um, and it ended up being the most expensive to date NFT that I've bought. Um, I have not paid um, more than two ETH for any NFT that I have. And I have many NFTs that are worth um, now way more than that. But I've, for me, most of the projects that I've invested in, I've got in early um, on the mint and then they've kind of risen on that side. And, but this one just, it spoke to me. It, you know, it had a, a, back, a backwards hat, a black backwards hat with a heart on it. Um, the, the color of the skin of the bear, um, was pink, which everyone kind of knows that I, um, I'm a huge fan of, of the, you know, pink and being a girl dad. And I just love the color pink to begin with, um, and hot pink, especially. And then the shirt was black and yellow, which black and gold being my you know, Pittsburgh Steelers colors. So it was like a no brainer. And I will tell you, like I got them and I was very like proud and excited about that. And over the last, I'd say, I don't know, 36 hours, not only has the floor price risen on the project, 
but also like the the virality of the community and you know so much so that like the to me it's it's almost creating like a very interesting buzz within the nft space where if you have one of these uh bears as your profile photo like you're almost like you know what to expect about them or who they are because they're, they're you know kind of promoting this love and positivity aspect now i've said this before right like it can't be all fluffy. If you are in this for the money and you're in this for the game, here's what you need to learn. So here's the lesson from this. When we think about how do we study a project that would be worth holding on to or worth investing on, we have to start to break down the idea of if people are sharing this you know, NFT, not even you as a holder, if other people are sharing it, what is the feeling or the emotion that that actually generates in those that are that are watching that are seeing it or you know putting it out there right like i will tell you like i've i've changed my profile photo i think four times on facebook i've i've changed it like 400 times on twitter but four times on facebook um, with an nft and for the first time like my mom i'm a big mama's boy my mom texted me like 15 minutes after i texted it and she's like i love that bear that you just posted it is a thousand percent you and I'll tell you, like, think about that from an emotional connection perspective. And so, you know, a lot of it, we, we talk about the art, we talk about the rarity, we talk about, like, the community, we talk about the utility. And, you know, and the utility, for, you know, for those that, uh, you know, haven't, you know, like, like Brian, but what is it beyond Justin Bieber? Like, I will tell you, there are, you know, a, a hundred people that are holding this NFT are going to get signed, printed canvases of their in-betweener, their, their bear. Um, people are going to get exclusive access to the art show in Los Angeles um, and the art show party that is happening there in L.A. Um, in spring of 2022. Um, they're going to get first dibs on exclusive merchandise. They are doing monthly town halls uh, throughout you know, the, the collaboration of the project. Um, and then they're also you're doing um, NFT grants where you, you can actually vote on uh, the community funds because part of uh, the money that's being raised here, part of the funds, are going to a community wallet, right? So it's being funded by 50% of all of the secondary uh, uh, transaction fees are going to this community fund wallet, which will be used you know, for a variety of things. If you own and hold the NFT itself, then you'll be actually be able to um, you know, put that out to the world and, and uh, you'll be able to uh, vote and decide how they're going to spend that money, right? And there's going to be, think about it, right? There's already been over a thousand ETH worth of transactions and if you know if 10% of each one of those transactions is the uh, you know is the transaction fee 50% of that is actually going um, to this community wallet for uh, people to vote on so i think like that to me like there's like there's these these elements of you know what what is making a project successful i will say the other part of this that is also really important was when i when i when drew first told me about the project i was turned off because it was another celebrity but what i didn't think about or dive into was what was that celebrity's connection to not only the why of the project but also the actual the uh, you know the actual art itself right like would that would that person would that celebrity put out that art to the world as something that represents them and if you've been on uh, Justin Bieber's Instagram account, which you know, as a as a Bieber fan, as a believer, as a um, I don't know how you're not. Just kidding. Um, it's not like I check it every day. But not only has Justin made the the art his profile photos, but I'm looking at it right now. Eight, seven of his last eight Instagram posts have been the bears for that project. Now you might be like, "Wow, of course he is. It's a money grab. He, of course, he would do that." Um, I'm going to tell you, for the most part, most celebrities have yes they've launched an nft project but they haven't gone all in they haven't like really 
said, like, hey, this is what I'm about. This is long-term value. And I think part of it is because they're probably not very involved in the process. And that is the thing that I did not get when I, when I first ignored this project was I didn't look deep enough to see what, what, how tied is this project to the, the founders, to the, to the celebrity, um, to the artist, and, you know, and, and what does that like, feel like? And so I will tell you, like, as we look at projects in the next you know, many months, you know, it's going to be easy to look at projects based on you know, Discord, you know, numbers of people in their Discord, or how popular it might be, or what is the direct utility of it. But I am going to ask, I'm going to challenge you, and I'm going to challenge myself to, when we're doing this for our project, Mint 365, you know, is that you know, we're going to look deeper on these, some of these projects on that underlying theme and message. And then most importantly, that also has to be a theme and message that is integrated in the Discord. And so I will tell you, I'm you know, very active in their Discord now, um, you know, that now that I you know, didn't ignore the advice to, to be part of this community. And it is a very you know, positive, uplifting lifting Discord where people are very, you know, sharing very positive and, and supporting comments. They're not all just focused on the floor price and how much their, their product is, uh, is worthwhile. And I will tell you, you know, Drew and I hosted a Twitter space yesterday, and one of the moderators from the, that community jumped up on, on stage and was sharing some of his thoughts and answered a couple questions. And that's also another sign right there that, like, that's... You know, not only are they listening and involved, but they're, they, they understand that community isn't something you do. Community is something you live. And as a brand, as a founder, as those that are creating it, it is essential that we kind of integrate that in there. So as I kind of pull that all together, the title of the project is The Inbetweeners. The floor price now is extremely high. Um, I did not mint this project. Um, they are still trying to determine what they're going to do with the leftover um, mints. There's 3,200 um, pieces that they have yet to actually roll out. Um, I recommend it. I posted in the Discord as well as on Twitter, um, which I don't think you know, they don't care who I am on the sense of you know, my recommendations. But I recommended that they, they did a raffle um, and they allowed, you know, for everyone that, that minted the a bear and is still holding their minted bear, I believe they should get two raffle tickets. I believe if you have one bear in your wallet right now, you should get one raffle ticket. Um, and then if you have more than one bear in your wallet, you should get two raffle tickets. And then they should raffle off the remaining amount um, to be minted or, you know, the you know, if, you, if the option be given um, to those that are holding a bear to actually buy up the remaining supply. Um, that might sound like, wait, Brian, why would we not want more people on the outside to get them? Well, now that the floor price is as high as it is, if they rolled out the rest of the mints at the original mint price of 0.24 or 0.27, not only would it be really weird, but every shark, every bot that existed would come into the project because they know that the project has already shown that it, it can push a two ETH floor. And so there's some, it's a really you know, interesting nuances. And I will say, you know, we've reached out, we're going to try to bring on uh, a couple of members of the team from this project onto a future episode of the podcast. And I'm going to definitely ask them about like their, all of the, like the thoughts that they had going on here and what were some of the things that they were, um, you know, kind of um, thinking about as they're kind of, deciding on releasing the rest of the of the actual collection because there's a lot going in there so hopefully that um kind of you know kind of shared a little bit of a different view on on like the impact and how these projects can really um really not extend beyond just the art and the person and really i i don't even look at this project as a justin bieber project it is more of a project that just matches the values of that celebrity that's part of it and so um as we wrap this one up i'm gonna do the last little segment here which is you know, I'm going to do a use case. And so the use case for NFTs that we haven't really heard very much yet, but it's definitely one that we are going to hear more about, is this idea of how do we recognize 
those that are continuing to support and and celebrate us. And we could call them super fans, but you guys know that's the name of the the NFTs that I launched for this podcast. And I will tell you, everyone that is holding a super fans NFT, um, the you can buy them still. There's still some available um, up until January first. The price is locked in at 365 US dollars. After um, January 1st, the price will no longer be locked in, and it'll actually be dependent on what is the price of the ADHD coin, um, which you know uh, it will you know depend on you know as that coin goes up, it'll cost more money to um, buy one of those NFTs. But I will say that the the use case on this, from a super fans perspective, and and, and a use case, is you know when we think about how you know rallying the people that are supporting our brand or our project or the things that we are about. Maybe it's your membership site or maybe it's the, you know, the Facebook group that you have. There's never been a really great way to, to allow them to show the world like, Hey, this is something that I'm a part of. And I believed in at the start. Like I was there before any of you believed in this, right? Like I was there from the, from, from the jump. And so a, a use case for, for me on NFTs is really empowering those that believe in those early adopters, turning them into fans, turning fans into super fans and influencers, and they end up doing the marketing and the sales for you. They end up being the ones that help to push you forward and really drive kind of a, 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 you know, an even more exciting opportunity um, for you know, what's possible um, in, you know, in, you know, in really most community building. Right? I'm, I've said this over and over again. I'm a big fan of slow burn community building. Uh, and what that means is I, I do not like that communities that want to you know, grow to 10,000 overnight. I'm a big believer in I'm a believer and a believer um, in the idea of, you know, starting small, empowering and being really dialed in to those that you care about, you know, giving, you know, giving and supporting and lifting them up. And then as you grow, you grow together as a as an entire group, which I think is just you know, part of the beautiful thing here. And I, and I will say. We do. We did hit another milestone today, just now. Why we while we are um, recording um, this actual podcast episode, which I just think is um, is pretty awesome. We actually just hit. 500 members over there in our discord so shout out to everyone that's in the discord we have now have 500 members officially in the discord um and you know hey for those that are listening for those that are listening live i will say that we will be uh doing i'll be doing a a a coin airdrop for all of those today to celebrate you know us hitting um 500 members um in the discord today and for me like this is the, I, I, you know, I try really hard to practice what I preach and, you know, we're giving away 52% of the revenue of the collection that we're selling in November, uh, to the community. Uh, anyone that knows me knows that I get more joy out of seeing my friends and those I care about win than I do when I win on something. And that's why I love this community. and I love what we're doing here because, you know, as the price of ADHD coin rises, it's not my bank account rising. It's all of our, you know, created this entire economy that we're all a part of um, is rising. And as the, the, the bag that we're building with our NFTs, when we're buying an NFT every single day, for each one of those that we hit a home run with, 
we all benefit, right? We're all part of that. And so the fact that we just hit 500, I am very, very excited about that. I'm very excited uh, to continue the growth the way that we're doing it, right? And it's, I'm not forcing anyone to be a part of the Discord. I'm not doing any, you know, Lamborghini giveaways or invite uh, contests just for people to spam people. I truly do want people that are interested that want to be a part of it. And so uh, thank you guys all for, for joining the Discord as well. And I'll leave you with this. You know, I... You know, I am one that, you know, when, when people ask me over the years, like, you know, what, what is my strategy? What is my hack for growing my social accounts, right? You know, I have a, you know, a couple hundred thousand followers over on Twitter. Uh, I have, you know, over a quarter million followers across social media as a whole. And I've always answered it the same way. I have one easy hack. And the hack is called show you care. My hack has been, I want to care more about the people that I'm engaging with than everyone else does. So when I follow someone or I'm reaching out to someone, I don't just re- you know, send them a DM, I don't just reply to a tweet. I go and look in their profile, I click on the link in their profile, I go see what they're, maybe what they blogged about recently, what are the things that they're posting about. I go into their feed and I look about, okay, oh wow, this person is really excited, they just got back from a vacation. And I do my very best to engage at that level, to communicate at that level. And so I'm saying that because you know, we mentioned that this, you know, this project that I now hold two of these bears with um, is all about love and positivity. I truly do believe that's the magic of how you grow online, especially on social today. And, and I will say the bar for caring is pretty damn low. It's pretty damn low. Like most people don't care. The amount of people that DM me that say, Brian, I love your podcast. I'm a huge fan of yours. Could you get me on the show? And that DM is in the, um, in the uh, other messages folder because they're not even following me on Twitter. Like, don't get me started on this, right? Like, you're not even taking the time to follow the person that you're making an ask for. Not only are you ignored by me, but you are someone that I will no longer answer to anything that you're doing. And I know that sounds harsh, but I think when we think about using our social equity and we're, and we're making, you know, ask and, and putting ourselves out there, you should not only do the bare minimum, because that's what everyone's doing, but find a way to stand out by just simply caring more, by just going above and beyond to show that you care more than others. I've always believed that whoever is the nicest first and whoever is willing to share that love and celebrate others are people that I want to surround myself with. And I, I just hope that, you know, from you know, future NFT projects, including the ones that we'll be launching um, ourselves here, a big message of it will not only just be community and social good and, you know, uh, empowering, you know, everyone to kind of, you know, uh, make a difference in this world, but it's also going to be about, you know, how do we care about our others, right? Care about those that are also holding our NFT and care about those that are in our community. So with that, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. Show is not financial advice, so do your own. Sweet.